Good day once again, and welcome to my podcast, Say Little Prayer Nigeria. My name is Sharon Tanko, and I am your host. Delving straightway into the topic today, why do bad things happen to good people? You will permit me to say just a little prayer before we begin. Our Heavenly Father, we greet you this lovely day. We thank you for your loving persistence, your kind presence with us through our days. We are grateful for your care and your perfect attention and we pray that you use this moment to talk to us father personally i ask you to use me as your mouthpiece let your words flow through me give me your wisdom that i may be able to speak your love to your children in jesus name i pray amen we've been dealing with a toffee why do bad things happen to to good people for like the last two weeks yeah and we've gotten some basics down like like who's a good person you know like one who's been saved and what reasons at least the best of my knowledge are responsible for the bad things that happen to them i said that before i'm certain of namely carnality that is the christian who spends his days who spends his days his life determined to live a non-christian life which in actuality is harder than living a Christian life. If I have the time to, I'll explain. And then and then the second one was because of disobedience. You know, God says, move, go here, stay there. But you don't want to listen because you don't want you don't want you don't it it, it it doesn't tie into your plans. You know, it doesn't fit in with the plans you have for yourself. Now I didn't exactly point it out clearly in the last episode, so I want to do so here. When I give examples of people who, obeying the instructions of God, prospered, I use examples of people in service to God for a reason. God expects all to serve. You were made for a purpose. You weren't a chance happening. You were not a coincidence. Your existence is specific. So as you live your Christian life serving that purpose, that is, you obey God, living according to his plan, he will love you. He will send good things your way. He will send help your way. But how can you see the help he sends when you're stuck in the dark? God is standing next to you, reaching out to you, but you ignore him. You're seeking your own instruction. You know, God is awesome. He's absolutely awesome. He created human beings to have a will so that we can choose. So that he's not an obligation foisted upon us, but a decision that we will make in full consciousness. So he will never, he will never force your obedience. He can never force your obedience. God won't do you dirty so that you will turn back to him. He won't. He cannot. What is actually happening, what is really, really happening, is that Satan cuts you off from God. And then he tried to kill you. He tried to destroy you, to destroy you so completely that you could not have a chance of even seeing God before you decided that you want to perish yourself. But, but God won't let it finish you off. The reason you can even open your mouth to say, bad thing happening to you, bad thing happening to you, is because God is holding Satan off. He's buying you time to ask him for help. So the longer you keep silent and you plow towards the devil, the lesser the opportunity he has to come through for you. Now I have to tell you something. You're actually never standing still in the spirit world. 
you're not pausing. Either you're moving towards God or you're moving towards Satan. The only thing that may be different is the pace at which you're moving. So you sitting on your hands saying, why me? I'm a good person. Why me? It's, it's just a moonwalk towards the devil. Bad things don't happen because God wants you to turn to him. Bad things happen because Satan wants to eliminate you. It doesn't know what your purpose is. If, it, if Satan had an inkling what anybody's purpose is, you would think for one second you would have bothered with trying to kill Jesus or trying to tempt Jesus would have lived a full life. In short, I don't even know if Jesus would have been able to die. I don't know. I don't know. You would not have wanted him to die if he knew what his purpose was. So I tell you now, sure as day, he doesn't know what your purpose is. All he knows is that you belong to God. And because you belong to God, you're a threat to his reign. So he wants you gone. It wants you out. Whatever means necessary. That, 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 that fact is afraid of you. So back to the matter. I use Paul and John especially to show you that the goodness of God goes beyond financial gain. If you read the book of First Chronicles, uh, Corinthians chapter 9, Paul was not a pauper by any means. He chose his way of life. He was sacrificed. He deliberately sacrificed financial wealth. He knew he was entitled to for the sake of the gospel. But God still said, this man, this man must be blessed. So he gave him knowledge. A knowledge that even his disciples, while they were, while he was alive, they didn't know a thing of. He gave him a zeal and he gave him words. Words that are the foundation of the Christian faith until our Lord returns. Same thing with John. I mean, who else? Who else? God blessed them the way they wanted, beyond their lifetimes. Why? Because of obedience. They didn't wrestle with God to get their own way. They understood that giving their lives to Christ, Christ meant giving their lives to Christ. No ands, buts, or conditions. Just that's what I was trying to show you. A blessing to last beyond a thousand years, 2020 years and counting. So let's move on to today's topic. We're talking about the third one, that is because Christians ignore the warning. This one, especially this one, I have had many, many testimonies on. A few of them I'll share with you. A few of them I will share with you. And that's that's not saying that I don't have experiences with the others, but there was really no time for to even expatiate on it or give my own personal testimonies. The book of Revelations, chapter 3, verse 20. Let's read it. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him. And I will sup with him and he with me. God put this verse in my spirit early this year so that I would understand something, especially when I was pondering this topic long, long before he even asked me to create this podcast. You know, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and I will sup with him and he with me. This is Jesus to unbelievers. Is there a man, just one man on this earth, who has the ability to, but doesn't speak to indicate who he is or who she is when knocking a person's door? 
not unless your intentions are less than pure at least not in nigeria the usual is knock knock who is there it's me Bolanle. oh Bolanle. okay and you open the door because you know who it is or you know who sent the person so jesus said if any man hear my voice and open the door this means that even to unbelievers jesus speaks he's always knocking means he's always speaking if he can always be speaking to an unbeliever then what of you a full-fledged born-again tongue-speaking believer do you think he stopped talking to you suddenly after you give your life to him do you think that as he's supping and he's dining with you it's a feast of silence which dinner did did you ever read that jesus had where he wasn't speaking no wise sayings no warnings no foretelling nothing so if this is the default setting that he wants us to remember by virtue of the bible can a person truly say jesus did not tell him would jesus who loves you so much that he died and then he rose from that death that he died just to prove that he loved you who has given you every single thing that he possesses even everything that he can call his own without any remorse without any regret and will still give you the shirt off of his back if you ask for it this same jesus would he not warn you if a truck is about to hit you to bend down so that the bullet will not fly and hit you in the head the bullet you didn't even know was going to fly that that man that is talking to you should not be trusted that that woman sitting beside you has nefarious thoughts he does he wants all the time but people just don't listen i can give you a few personal and semi-personal examples honestly speaking in the 80s before i was born i think it was even before my parents met safe my dad and his two brothers they were traveling to 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 just i think it was just i can't exactly remember anyway they were praying and a taxi came and then they wanted to enter and god said not this one so they obeyed of course they were insulted and people that wanted to enter inside it they chanced them and entered inside it the next one came a few minutes later they were still praying god said not this one okay they didn't enter same thing the third one came and then god said this one and they entered and as they went they saw the two taxes that had come before had been in an accident all dead all of them dead my mom i was maybe maybe i was 11 maybe i was 12 when i went with my mom and my cousin tomiwa to chinatown to buy something you know it's a new market so so we're standing outside the shop we're waiting and then i can't remember what we're waiting for but all of a sudden my mom said let's wait over there a few minutes just a few minutes after couldn't have been more than five minutes after we moved a sand truck passed and tipped over that exact place that we had been standing when we go home and she was gisting everybody she said she felt something in her spirit saying move now let's come to me i have many i have a lot but i'll share maybe like three of my most significant moments those ones where they're clear no no yigi yaga about what could have possibly might have happened yes 
was about yeah it was about that same age 11 12 years it was night there was no light as usual it's lagos there was no light so i lit a candle and i put it on my headboard to read i think i was reading a novel i don't think i was reading anything serious although i can't really remember but then i forgot to put it out and then i slept off let's just thank god that my sister was sleeping in my dad's room that night anyways I remember it was hot, it was a hot night, and I was so used to it, there was no breeze, no, no nothing at all. Then I felt I felt a gentle, just a gentle breeze on my face. And I'll never forget. I heard someone whisper my name. I even thought it was my dad. The whisper was so soft. It was gentle, soft like that breeze that hit my face. And I woke up. At first, I thought that they had brought the light. The room was bright. I was still debating whether or not to stand up and to switch off the light before something registered in my head. The bulb was off. I had not noticed. I hadn't noticed at all that I was literally surrounded by fire. My headboard was on fire. My pillow was on fire. The cover clothes was on fire. The mattress was on fire. The jumping that I jumped that day Eh? The only thing I know is that I ran out of the room and was screaming, fire, fire, fire. I was trying to shake the cover clothes from my body. Let me just take a moment to thank God. My dad was still awake. He was just in with my sister gift outside. So we quickly put out the fire. Of course, we put out the fire. We let the smoke out. <laughs> After that, my dad just stopped buying candles altogether. But I'll never forget that voice. I will never forget that voice. It was gentle. It was soft. It shouldn't have been able to wake me, but it woke me. Even then, even then, as little as I was, I knew it was God that had woken me up. You know, I had gotten into the habit of reciting the Lord's Prayer before sleeping. Uh, I, I don't even think I did it that night. But that at that time when I was reciting, I didn't even know that the Lord's Prayer wasn't actually really a prayer. It was just a guide on how to pray. I didn't know anything, but I was praying that prayer. I don't think I prayed it that night. But despite the fact that I didn't pray it, I think... God woke me up. He woke me up. And even though the fire was everywhere in that house that night, in that room that night, I didn't get burned. Not even, um, nothing, not my hair, not my skin, nothing. The cover, clothes I was using to cover myself was on fire. My pillow that my head was on was on fire. And I didn't get burned. I had that cover clothes. What at least what was left of it for years after. And the bed, with the scotch marks on it and everything, I had it for years. The pillow was going to share, you know, too much damage. But that was me. I was 12, and God spoke to me. I heard him, and I ran. When I was in year three, in being a lad, the second one, I think that was 2016, if I'm correct. Yes, it was 2016. I was walking from New Hope, that's like halfway down campus to, to the gate. I was I was doing my casual praying, you know, where I'll be praying to myself, and looking a little bit insane because sometimes the Holy Spirit is funny. So then I heard I just I heard God say, walk inside the barriers. If you've been to Unilag, you know that, that there are these tiny blocks that they use to separate the pedestrian um, walkway from the road. So the walkway, our walkway was littered with too many potholes. And I'm a creature of habit. 
have this thing where I like to walk on a beat. I don't like having my steps falter. It, it just it, it throws me off. So the pedestrian walkway was no no. I did not like it. So I'd rather walk so I walk on the road. Thank you very much. And I thought God just the same thing. Then he reminded me that just the day before I had admitted that I had this nasty habit of not obeying him. And that it will always end it horribly. And I said it. I remember I said it. That I would, he would tell me something. I wouldn't do it. And it would always end up badly for me. So, he said, hadn't I promised him that I would obey him the next time he asked? So I laughed. And I humored him. And I stepped within the barricade. Just inside the barricade. Close to the road as I could get. As close to the bricks without actually kicking them. I remember I, I was laughing. As I, I, I remember I was laughing. Okay. I said I've obeyed. But what's going to ha- what was going to happen? So I don't know if any of you has had this moment where you have a full-on conversation with God, but it happens so fast, like a blink, that you have to repeat the conversation in slow motion. I had one of those conversations. Because he said car crash. And I repeated, <laughs> sure, car crash here in Uniland. What car? I heard red. So I said, sure. The tire bust, Daddy. So the tire bust, whoops. So the red, the car is red. Let me short. Let's make it a red convertible. As I was still talking and laughing in my head, I haven't even finished playing the slow motion before I heard a bang, and suddenly right there, right there beside me, the car just scraped. It scraped right beside me, scratched the stones a moment, and then it just skidded away. It was just right there in front of Sports Center. Not in front, across the side that leads out of Unilab. Have you ever been in, in shock so much that your body never stopped moving? And your mind couldn't actually realize that you were about to die, that you almost died. But you still felt like you were outside your body watching everything. That was me. I mean, when I got home, I just recalled that day that there was a girl in in Unilag, I think she was a first class student or something, and she got shocked by one loose wire from an electric pole. And she was, she was like literally just uh, a, a one minute drive from the Unilag Medical Center and they didn't attend to her because she didn't have a card and she died. I was almost at the gate and I definitely did not have my, I had not done my medical because I didn't have a card. That would have been, if I hadn't died on that spot, I would have definitely died that day. But God saved me. Huh. When I got to the gate, I saw the car. It was at the security post. I saw the car. The tire had burst. One of the back tires. The same way it played in my head. You know, I usually have to take like two buses and a bike to get home. I don't know how I got home. When I entered, when I entered the house, I was so scared. I was scared out of my mind. I didn't pray for like two weeks. Exactly as it had played in my head, there was no deviation. Just the same way. And you want to tell me God doesn't warn you? That wasn't even the first time that he had given me a play-by-play in the blink of an eye. So yeah, God gives warnings. All the time. No exemption. He wants everyone. It's just that some people cannot hear him because they don't know his voice. Or they don't want to hear him because they're afraid that they're in the wrong and he's just going to criticize them or chastise them and they don't want him cutting their phone. 
he doesn't want to cut your phone he doesn't want to cut your phone he wants to save your life this year march i was in law school it was like one week to exam i just finished reading it was 3 a.m in the morning i dropped off to sleep i heard my name and i woke up it was strange to me because it was late in night and i felt like i had just fallen asleep so it would have i would have needed some like extra um, encouragement to wake up yeah because normally i'd sleep by three and wake up by 6 30 with my alarm so that was what i was expecting it, it was unusual for me to have woken up so i wanted to go back to sleep in fact i was already dropping off to sleep then something just told me you're not breathing that was when i noticed that i wasn't breathing i tried to breathe i couldn't breathe i knew it wasn't as mouth because my chest wasn't even lifting it wasn't lifting at all because I'd, I'd gotten rid of asthma a while ago asthma no i've gotten rid of asthma a while ago so for a moment i was just scared then i just felt this rise of anger within me and i sat up with the rest of the breath in my lungs i said i rebuke you devil in the name of jesus get out of course it was night and so i wasn't speaking loud but the thing left immediately immediately i could breathe again and i took it deep on in that breath just straight in and i knew that something wanted to get me as i slept i remember i laughed i i think i said it was i think what i said was it was it, something of a, a coward attacking me because you thought that i was sleeping i remember i thanked jesus because he knew and he woke me up and he calmed me and he gave me the words to speak after i said thank you i just told him to please give me more sleep because i want to go back i cannot be like this staying awake throughout the night there was just no time for it so god's always speaking he never stops speaking he'll warn you he'll show you what's wrong and he would tell you he would definitely tell you how to fix it honestly speaking there's no how. God will always tell you how to fix things. He doesn't do things halfway. So, let me close with this. The point is that all these reasons, the carnality, the disobedience, the ignorance, they all, all of them, they lead to death. And God does not want you to die. If he did, that is how he would have made you capable of dying when he made Adam. But he made you mortal, immortal. He made you immortal instead. He gave you a choice. Much like Hercules, he said that he wanted to live his life as a human because of a lady. But still, your choice. So, are you going to heed his warning? Are you not going to heed his warning? That's the question. And if you still insist on doing you, are you going to blame God for not taking away your rights to make your own choices? Because when you were a kid and your parents refused to let you go to your friend's house, you did not get angry at them at all, but let's end it here let's end it here for now you know the last reason because people ask for the misery that they go through that one I'll get to it next week it's something that uh, it's, it's somewhere in that story as well you know it'll be interesting if you can see if you can figure it out but you know let's just let's say a little prayer before we leave dear heavenly father Thank you 
Thank you for your words today. Thank you for always looking out for me. Thank you because I know you don't rest because you're taking care of me. Help me to see the straight path you set before me. If I'm lost, Father, please find me. I don't want the darkness anymore. Let your light guide me out of this mess that I am in. Father, I trust you. I trust your good plans for me. Help me to look beyond what I see and to see what you see. Help me to see you. Help me to share you with the world. Help me to shout you from the rooftops. To live my life in your light. To bring people into your light. So that they can feel this awesome joy that I feel. Thank you, dear Lord, for answered prayers. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. I hope that God blessed you with this topic today. I really hope it touched your heart. And I hope it shed more light into your life. Good evening. And stay blessed. My name is Sharon Tanko and I hope you were blessed by this sermon and that it opened your heart to new knowledge from our Father. For those of you who haven't taken that vital step in accepting Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, but would like to do so now, please say this prayer with me. Dear Lord, I know that you went to the cross and died for me. I know that on the third day you rose. I know you did this because you love me. You showed me a deeper love. A love that goes beyond dying and into overcoming death. And now, knowing this, I accept you as my personal Lord and Savior. Come into my life today, sweet Lord, so that I may be one with the Father. I thank you for your mercy. I thank you for your forgiveness. And I thank you for this good Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. If you just said that prayer with me, thank you and welcome to the kingdom of God. My brother, my sister, God will have his way with you. Now, if you would like to reach out to me, feel free to do so at Say a Little Prayer Nigeria. That is Say a Little Prayer NG, both on Instagram and on Facebook. I would love to share and pray with you. If you want to learn more beyond the podcast, you can visit my pastor, Reverend Delison Tanko, both on Facebook and on YouTube. His, his preaching is easy to follow and it's easier still to grasp and have a deeper, more precise understanding of our Heavenly Father. If this podcast has inspired you and you feel the need to sow a seed into it, you can give an offering at 140 that is 140 Guaranteed Trust Bank. Or you can give at 151-1321-721. That is 151-1321-721 at Access Bank. God bless you as you give. God bless you as you give.
Now, don't forget to say a little prayer for you and your loved ones. Thank you and stay blessed. <laughs>